Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Uh-huh. And the technology. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in LA. And today we give you our top 10 picks for 80s movies worthy of modern remakes. My thanks to you for giving a dumb old bird a second chance. Stuck in the 80s is now listener supported via Patreon. Join us for VIP Zoom, happy hours, and more when you join at patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. So for this week's show, there's no script really. I want you to think of this as Brad and Steve are at a bar they're drinking beers. What beer would you be mm. drinking, Brad? Uh, well, it's summer. It's still pretty hot. I'd probably lean in Hefeweizen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm kidding. I don't drink beer. I would be drinking whiskey, but that doesn't matter. Okay. So the idea was we were, we were sitting around the other day, Brad and I, and toying with various show ideas. We were talking about you know some movies that are in the news right now because remakes are on the way. And, I th- and it just occurred to us that I don't think we've ever done a show where we talked about, here are some movies from the 80s that we give our blessings to for right. Hollywood to make a remake. Like, imagine Steve and I opened a studio. Like, imagine that someone dropped, you know, a couple trillion dollars on us and we decided the best way to, to make this trillion dollars into a million dollars is to open a movie <laughs> studio. And so – we decided, you know what? For decades, we've already known that Hollywood is out of ideas, so we're just going to start with remakes, and we're going to be like remake studios. Right. What would be our now, first ten projects? Yeah. Now, I I think it's important to to kind of think about how we came about this list, and really, it's just it was just kind of like there's some movies from the eighties you just can't touch. Like you don't dare make a remake of Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller. Probably yeah. not E. T. There's probably a few others that you just we you talked just about. Don't. Katie and I talked about Back to the Future, and I was like, uh, "That's like the third rail of movie remakes." Yeah. Whoa, this is heavy. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? But there are some movies out there. I think we all agree that yeah, they're classics, and we loved them back then. But forty years into the future, there new technology is available to make them a little bit better, or Maybe sometimes this the story could just use a modern twist. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So we thought, let's. How many can we come up with? And, and originally we were like, let's just do five. And then, and then Brad is, you know, he he loves to add on the pain. I'm just He's an like, overachiever. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, the assignment says five, so let's do two hundred. Yeah. So we're gonna do five each. We'll do that. We will have some seggies where we will admonish you for your. Poor participation. Mm. Tusk, tisk, tisk. And uh, then we'll go about our business. And if you have feedback, you know how email works. Send away. So. You have managed. You've passed the test. You've cleared the bar on it. how do I listen to a podcast. Although, if need be, I'm available for remedial how do I listen to a podcast lessons. <laughs> My rates are very unfriendly, but I am available. <laughs> 
Okay, here's the first one, my pick. There was a movie in 1985 that I think for the most part, it was in theaters, but it feels like it went straight to video and it shouldn't have. I'm talking, of course, of the timeless classic, Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins. You have come into the care of Chun, master of Shinanju. Shinanju is a village in Korea where all the fighting arts were born. Kung Fu, Karate, Ninjitsu, they are all but shadows. Shinanju is the sun. Most intelligent people know this already, but it is apparent to me that you know less than nothing. Pay attention. You did not ask to be white, so perhaps that is not your fault. You did not ask to be here. Perhaps that is not your fault either. So let us make this pact. I will train you for your first service, and then I will return to my country. Now, I know a lot of people are scratching their heads right now, and there's a good reason for it. This, this was not a really well-known movie. But no, it, this, this, we opened this at the crummy second-run theater I used to work at, so I can tell you this was not a, you know, there wasn't a lot of promotional dollars behind Remo Williams' The Adventure it might begin and end all at one time. Right. The, the, the original movie was supposed to be the beginning of a series. That's hence the title, The Adventure Begins. And it was based on a series of uh, books called The Destroyer. Oh, I didn't know that. A lot of thought went into it. Yeah. And so this, was the, this was going to be a series of movies, and it just performs so badly, and <laughs> and not for any reason you can kind of put your finger on. I mean, it it does involve these horrific scenes where uh, Rima Williams, our hero, played by Fred Ward, is being trained by a Korean master of I think it's Shumanzu. I don't know. I don't know if that's the yeah. if it's a real martial art, but Shumanzu. That Korean master is played by Joel Gray. Joel Gray is not Korean. <laughs> so Nor is he a master of Shumanzu, as it turns yeah, out. Yeah. So I would I would, <sighs> I would if I'm gonna remake the movie, I'm gonna I'm going to actually cast a Korean as the Korean uh martial arts master. The other thing that's got in it, it's got Wilford Brimley, who has looked like he's seventy five years old for the last fifty years. And he's in this movie playing sort of like the head of this little um, secret organization that f- works for the government to, to to look out for bad guys who are trying to capitalize on America's good nature or something like that. This is a wonderful country, my boy, but our legal system doesn't work the way it's supposed to. I'm talking about people who roam the halls of power with impunity, who corrupt and subvert the very principles our Constitution exists to uphold. Look, your friend already gave me the Gettysburg Address. Oh, has he? Here's another one. Guard, protect, and cherish your land, for there is no afterlife for a place that started out as heaven. He has a computer that he works with that's clearly not a computer. It's clearly a television set that just, like, tells him things. And it's nice. so... It's so... So he's like Oscar Goldman with the TV? Yeah. Like he's the $6 million man's handler, yes. except he yes. has a television? You just, you're watching it and you wince so much that you're just like, please, somebody, just go back and fix this. And I, So I think that's my pick. It's got a great score. Uh, Fred Ward and Joel Gray have great chemistry. It has – I think it's um, the first time I've ever seen Kate Mulgrew, uh, who would go on to be the captain of um, Voyager – 
But, oh yeah. Um, oh, she's fantastic. She's in it. And so I, I, I still think it could be a fun remake. Let's give it a shot. Sean, you're incredible. No, I am better than that. That's my that's my elevator pitch, and I, I can see right now why I'll never make it in Hollywood. If that's my ele- let's give it a shot. <laughs> let's give it a shot. Just ten million. I just need ten yeah. million. I think I could. I think I could make it work with ten million. What What would you like to I think do, you could remake too. with your ten million, Brad? My first one out of the gate, and when I was kind of trying to figure out my five movies this weekend, basically where I started was movies that I've enjoyed but that are either flawed in some way or maybe just didn't quite hit the mark. You know, so again, like Steve says, Back to the Future, Breakfast Club. Like, why? Why are you doing that? Uh, but my first one. I know, Steve, you love this movie, but I think you will agree that we could do something fun with it now, and that's Electric Dreams. I'm leaving. Why? Because I finally found out what love is. Can I just point out right now that this is the second movie in a row where we features a talking computer, which did not exist as far as I know. Right. Well, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. You could do a lot with like some kind of Siri-esque type thing. The home automation stuff is actually a lot more of a reality now. I mean, I still don't think that spilling champagne on a computer will bring it to life, but you know, you could write around that with some sort of experimental AI script at the in the Amazon cloud that you've stumbled onto. I don't know. There are some ways to handle that, but I think the story is still a, a fun story. I think that there's something there. Uh, I'd like to see how you could tell that in the world we are in now. I mean, I still think that moles could be designing his earthquake resistant brick uh, that's as reasonable as anything that's still plausible why not although yeah. at this point it probably should be fire resistant not earthquake resistant i the only thing i would ask for is if you're going to remake electric like dreams please just keep the song from phil oakey Oh, it and, has to, uh, have, to, have to. Or maybe you do and, a remix of it or something. But that's at the to very me. least, it ha- they have to sp- scan across it in the car. Although, again, no one tunes the radio anymore, so I'm not sure how we how we work it in there. But it has to show up, and it will roll under the ending credits because I am the executive producer on this picture. I am bringing the money, and I am calling the shots. Yeah. If I'm calling the shots, here's my next one: 1984's sci-fi classic, The Last Starfighter. Aeons ago, our ancestors created our great frontier, a barrier of energy, encircling the peaceful systems of the universe and forever shutting out the scourge that lurks beyond. Fellow islands, because of a dark betrayal, our frontier will soon collapse. So we turn to you, Starfighters and your navigators, for of all the billions of creatures in the Star League, only you few were found to possess the uh, gift. You, and you alone, stand between us and the black terror of the Kodan. Victory or death! Victory or death! Victory or death! Now, 
there's people screaming at their uh, pod wielding device right now because I think <laughs> Last Starfire is a pretty damn good movie. Yeah, this is bridging into. I mean, I won't again. I don't think it quite gets to the untouchable level, but it's pretty good as it is. So it what is. are you thinking it, here, Steve? What are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking a lot less rubbery face masks on the aliens. Okay. Sure. So, Special effects have come a long way. Right. Now, they did use CGI in Last Star Fighter, but I think they could do a better – obviously, there's better versions of it available today, <sighs> but definitely better makeup. You do that. You don't have Robert Preston playing Centauri anymore because you know he obviously died in 1987. Centauri! I thought you were dead. Me die and miss all the excitement? Oh, no. I was merely dormant while my body repaired itself. I'd love to see some cameos by the original stars, though. That would be fun. That would be fun. uh, uh, Catherine Mary Stewart, uh, Lance Guest. Lance Guest could be one of the villains, for that matter. But uh, I just just think it's it's a timeless story, and it would just work. (laughs) Let's give it a try, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, guys. Let's put on a show. We can save the town theater. This may come as a bit of a shock to you. But he doesn't want to be a starfighter. Doesn't want to be a... Are you a coward? Are you crazy? You didn't tell me about any of this. Return the money, Centauri. Return the money? Are you delirious? You know how long it took to invent the games, to merchandise them, to get them into the stores by Christmas? There actually have been a lot of... I've written a lot about this over the last 15 years. There have been efforts to remake this movie or do a sequel to this movie... And they ne- they never really get you know quite off the the runway. I don't but, think I want to see a sequel. I think I'd rather see a remake to this than a sequel. Exactly. So why not? Let's give it a shot, shall we? <laughs> Let's give it a shot. I you know I when I was in Boy Scouts, we had to do. Here comes the first left field story from Steve for the, of the day. When I was in Boy Scouts, you know, you had to do fundraising things. Oh, every troop had to do fundraising things, and most troops. Sold candy. You know, you go around, you get candy bars, you know, that's how you made your money. Our stupid ass troop leader had read some article where some Boy Scout troop in Idaho had made a fortune selling light bulbs. So we got these packs of light bulbs that have like four light bulbs to a pack. And we had to cart them around the neighborhood. Door to door light bulb salesman Steve Spears. Oh my gosh. It was. It was so. <gasps> oh no! Stop the presses. Remake Glen Gary Glen Ross, but with Boy Scouts selling light bulbs. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that'd be amazing. Always, always be closing. <laughs> Third place is you're a Girl Scout now. <laughs> yeah, Girl Scout now. <laughs> anyway, I think I think that's why I have no business being. I'll never have a sales job. Because I, I I still have nightmares about light bulbs. So it's like, hey, you, you want to buy some light bulbs? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. So certainly you have an equivalent sci-fi version of some movie from the 80s that you think is worthy of a, a remake. You know, and, and I think I think that uh, sci-fi is a is an easy target for a remake, but I would like to see a new take on Flash Gordon. The attack has begun. I estimate we have 11 days before our moon crashes down and destroys us. Gordon's still alive? Uh, this is almost per- Yeah, see, that's the thing. You get to my joke before I could. It has to have Brian Blessed in it, and he either has to say, Gordon's still alive, or he has to be like the doctor who declares him dead. He's like, Gordon's dead. Gordon's alive. <laughs> 
I don't know why this doesn't show up more on lists for remakes. I, I, I think it's I think it's a natural. I mean, it's 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 a story that's been around for right since before oh, we were born, the twenties. Yeah, yeah, this is like one of the first serials. But I mean, look the the '80s version is a campy, cheesy classic. It's got more stars in it than you really remember. Believe me, if you go back and watch it, it looks great. The colors are really vibrant. It really looks good. But that said, I think you could have some fun with this. Here's my question: If you remade it today, would you make it intentionally campy? Would you like? Would you do like a Twenty One Jump Street to it, like intentionally make it funny, or or would you try and make s- it gritty, like try a to gritty make Flash gritty. Gordon in the sewers yeah. of of the city like, trying to bring <laughs> down Merciless Ming? No, <laughs> I you think do? you gotta. I think you gotta play it like comic book style with the big gasps and the crazy costumes and the. Gordon's flying blind on a light cycle, you know, or whatever it is. <laughs> flying blind on a rocket cycle. A light cycle. Oops, I crossed my sci-fi streams there. I think you have to do it that way. I mean, it might be interesting to try and make it this, like, you know, more gritty. Like, I was going to say realistic, but, oh, yeah, this is realistic. I push this button and hot hail lands on a planet. Sure, <laughs> that could happen. Hot hail. I Try love that, that part. So I think you have to play that one for laughs. Yeah, I think a lot of times if you do a remake, I don't think I don't think it hurts to to go for the laughs. Now here's my question, and I'm going to give you my next one, then I'm going to pose the, a similar question to you. Uh, my number three pick is from 1980, and it's Private Benjamin. What's what's your name, Princess? Huh? Judy. Judy. Mm-hmm. Judy Benjamin. Judy Benjamin. Um. <clears throat> I think they sent me to the wrong place. Uh-huh. See, uh, I did join the army, but I joined a different army. Uh-huh. Uh, I joined the one with the condos and the private rooms. <laughs> no, really, my, my, my recruiter, Jim Ballard, told me I don't me care. That- I don't care what your lousy recruiter told you, Benjamin. Now, I'm telling you, there is no other army. Private Benjamin was an early 80s movie, so maybe people don't remember it so well. I, I remember it because I, I, w- I actually went on a date to see this one, and the girl's mom sat in the row behind us. <laughs> nice. She so, had, like, the ruler there. Leave room for Jesus, Stephen. Leave room for Jesus. <laughs> we had some shenanigans, nonetheless. It came out in 1980. Goldie Hawn was in the original. In 2010, there was a report that Anna Ferris was going to – do the remake. And it makes oh, complete I, sense. I could see that. Yeah. Anna Ferris looks exactly like Goldie Hawn. It's same sort of personality, same sort of sense of humor. I thought that was a brilliant idea and I was all for it. And then it never quite got off the ground. And the last I heard, they, uh, Rebel Wilson was attached to play the character, which I, I don't know. I just not as into that. Not as big a fan. But here's my question. So Private Benjamin is a comedy. I mean, it's kind of a, is it a dark comedy? I guess at times. But if you were going to remake it now, 40 years later, 40 years. I mean, things have changed a little bit in the military in 40 years. <laughs> yeah, a little Would, bit. Do you keep it a comedy? Do you turn it into a dark comedy? Do you do you still have the same storyline, which is like daughter of a wealthy family gets married, her husband dies on their wedding night, and she's lost and doesn't know where to go and joins the army? That's That's the original storyline. Does that yeah. quite resonate mm. four years later? I don't think, I think so. I think maybe you make it like Private Benjamin, The Hurt Locker 2. <laughs> yeah. 
I think you kind of go Beetlejuice with it or, or Heathers with it. You make it a dark comedy. Yeah. And I think maybe then it works. But I, I just, I think- mean, I still think she needs to learn a valuable lesson, but I think that there could be more at stake than just like, oh, what am I going to do with myself? Right. Exactly. So, and, Women have come a long way in 40 years. And That's for true. I, I, I know our, our seven female listeners right now, their eyeballs are like, you know, clicking as, as they spin backwards at our commentary about social justice for, for yeah, women you know. in the military. But um, this is just a podcast. This is not a uh, this is not a social dissertation. None of us are going for our PhDs here. We're just trying to have some fun. Speaking of fun, I know that the next movie on your list, Brad, is one of your favorites. I love this movie, but I think it would be very interesting to see a remake of The Secret of My Success. I gotta tell you, Don, first the idea of this merger made me as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs, but then I realized I was wrong. The combination of our products and your distribution capabilities could fall Pemrose right to the top of the market. So glad you approve. Wow, what would you do with this? Uh, again, I'm not sure. I mean, I think it drops right into the current economic environment. Yeah. But I'm not sure whether you... I mean, I know it's been very popular to just switch some gender roles around, and you could do that. That's fine. I think you could play this pretty straight. Or pl- I should say straight. It's a comedy. I think you could play this pretty much the way the original plays out. I'd love to see some cameos from some of the original... Um, participants if we could get michael j fox to run the mail room that would be amazing you can't come in here bozo take your crap to the mail slot i work here to start what do you want engraved invitation come on come on (laughs) here's my question it's a wacky workplace comedy you can't have a wacky workplace anymore i mean everything's zoom so so I think you have to ignore the pandemic. I think you have to. Yeah, you're probably right. Cause it and, doesn't, and maybe it's yeah. smart. Maybe it's smart. To, I mean, like, do you really want to go see a movie that reminds you of the mess that we're in? <laughs> so, well, if you were able to go to see a movie, then maybe we would be getting coming out of this mess we're in. But yes, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And you know what else I would consider with this idea? I don't know why I'm coming up with all these ideas. Like, I, like I'm ever going to get to execute them. But, like, why not just go ahead and set it in the year that it was originally set in? Yeah. And then just add a little bit more nostalgia to it, like really 85s it. You know, let's see the the suits with the shoulder pads. Let's see the 80s hair. Let's, yeah. Let's let's pump up the soundtrack. We need to fix the love interest. We need to give her a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah. She's just such a – that character is not well written. Can you do it again just as good? So. <laughs> okay, okay. You ready for this one? Buckle up, folks. <laughs> Same ideas before. You got you got a movie that was forty years old, and I've talked about it a lot. I swear to God, I'll never talk about this movie again after the show. Uh huh. That's not true because that is true. I, I, <laughs> do I have permission to just beep you out when you start doing it again? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking, of course, about Xanadu. I'll do it. Maybe I'm crazy, but what the hell? I haven't been crazy for over thirty-five years. I'm going to do it, and kid, I'm giving you half the place. You're going to be my partner. I can't do that, Danny. I can't take that. Why? I don't know the first thing about being a partner. Well, it's easy. We share the responsibilities and well, we argue a lot. It's like being married. We're not the good part. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, kid. Is it a deal? Okay, it's a deal. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> I'm back in show business. Hear me out, okay? Because I wasn't going to put this on the list. <laughs> That's the sound of my skepticism. <laughs> I wasn't going to put this on the list. 
And then I got to thinking, okay, in 1980, when the original movie came out, mm-hmm. it was honoring 80s music and 40s music. There was a 40-year difference between the 1940 and 1980. We are now exactly 40 years into the future, 1980-2020. Two options you could go with on this. You could redo Xanadu set in 2020, and instead of you know having Gene <gasps> oh, Kelly with man. the big band, unfortunately, the, the throwback becomes yeah. the 80s. You can't shoot it outside the Pan Pacific Theater because it burned down, but I'm sure yeah. you can find another iconic location. Sure. Uh, so you yeah. can just set it. Yeah, yeah, you could do that, or, or I mean, because I don't really want to. Yeah, really what's the young guy's movie. name? The young guy in the old one becomes the old guy in this one. Yeah, yeah. So, which is which is crazy because Michael Beck, who plays Sonny, <gasps> I've seen a photo of him in the last couple of weeks. He looked. I mean, he well, actually he looks older than Gene Kelly. I think he <laughs> we knew, could get. He's we in could get set. Michael Beck his third movie in forty years. <laughs> yeah, he plays Gene Kelly, and. uh and he represents the eighties, and then we have some, I don't know, slacker, you know, no good, good for nothing, trying to sell me on twenty twenty music, which will never happen. But you could either do that, or you go back and you just you just remake it originally as, or you set it back in nineteen eighty like it originally was, and you just do it right. You have the, you have better dialogue, you have better chemistry. Or, what about this, Steve? What if you do a prequel and you tell Gene Kelly's story? Oh wow. That's more like a Netflix series though. That's kind of an interesting idea. Although the problem with that is do you remember and this is do you remember the movie Ghost Story that I, I think I don't think he was in it. Maybe it was uh George Burns, but there were some very big old time Hollywood actors in it and it had a bunch of flashback scenes in it. And what I remember from the reviews is look guys, we all know what they looked like when they were younger and that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> so well, maybe no, that doesn't can't. work. No, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, I don't know. It's just an idea. Like someone's gonna pay pay me two hundred fifty dollars an hour to come up with ideas. One of my ideas is gonna be Xanadu. Just you okay. Know, so you know what's what's you're what's, gonna put it on the your, whiteboard uh, and see what happens. <laughs> but what's on what's next for you? Well, okay. So you read the news lately. There's you you might have heard there's some kind of kerfuffle with Russia, uh, and that made me think of one of my favorite thrillers from the eighties, No Way Out. Military intelligence can catch his KGB agent without outside assistance. It will immeasurably strengthen us against the CIA. Thank you. You understand that this has to move like lightning. We have to finish before anyone gets on to what we're doing. This would be so easy to redo in current times. And I oh, think yeah. there, are, there are a lot of options for different a different twist at the end. I don't think you want that same twist at the end. But there's a lot of directions you could go with this. And I think it would ring... I think it would be even more plausible. It would be possible for it to be even more plausible than it was then. You know what I do? Take Kevin Costner and turn him into the defense secretary. You know, it's it's Oh yeah. You know, he, yeah, yeah. Might Absolutely. As well. And he might him a good he, role. he might be Ivan still again. I don't know. Wow. No way out so good. Nobody nobody name checks it. Nobody nobody goes dressed to eighties contests as the character from No Way Out. Well, you yeah, just it's don't. like Navy dress whites would be about all yeah, you yeah. can do. But it's so good. I remember I remember at a time when I don't think we had yet we were at an age where I don't think our minds had really been challenged cinematically with any sort of like what? I mean, we hadn't seen uh this I don't know that I at that point in my life had seen the sting yeah. and stuff like that. And it was, this was obviously in the days before The Usual Suspects and The Sixth Sense. So right. I, I think No Way Out was the first movie that I just thought, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, just, you know, 
picking I up remember walking of out of the movie theater from this with my friend Ray, and we're just looking at each other like, did you did you see that? Did that just happen? Blew our minds. Just blew yeah. our minds. No, it was fantastic. I loved it. Oh gosh, yeah, that's a great pick. I, I just, I just don't know how. That's a tough one in terms of how to improve it. You can modernize it, but I don't. Yeah, know if it I wouldn't makes change it any better. Much. I wouldn't change it. We'd still go see the monuments. Where'd you like to go? Show us the monuments. Oh yes, yes we would. <laughs> God, it's a great scene. I, I think I became a man that day. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I don't think it should be any surprise that uh, there's one movie that's out there. It's in the process of being made into a remake right now. Brad and I have both agreed that the number one movie on our list is, of course, Dune. Shield practice. Gurney, we had practice this morning. I'm not in the mood. Not in the mood. Mood's a thing for cattle and love play, not fighting. I'm sorry, Gurney. Not sorry enough. So have you seen that? You've seen the trailer, right? For the new movie? I have seen the trailer, Steve. It's I've, really I've seen good. It. Oh, it looks good. And and uh, listeners know I am a huge, huge fan of the books. Some of my favorite books, the uh, series is is great. The stuff that Frank Herbert wrote, the stuff that his son tried to do later, is garbage. But that's <laughs> for my other podcast. I think the trailer looks really good. I think it looks like from the way they've cut the trailer, it looks like they're sticking a lot closer to the storyline from the book. And not trying to make up like magic talking weapons. And, My name is a killing word. You know, all this other stuff. <laughs> I like the magic. Hopefully we can get away from the all the exposition. The year is 40, 70, 20, 20, 90, 90, 99. <laughs> yes. And the emperor sits in his throne upon Carino. Like, who cares? Just show me. Don't tell me. Yeah. We'll see. It's a good trailer. The, the first movie was just... I don't know. I still watch. I still watch it a lot. I mean, I've come I don't back know why around. I'm whispering. I hated it so much when it first came out, but I, I I do enjoy it. I I don't know why I'm whispering. I guess because I don't want really anybody. There's no one here. It's just us. Steve. But I'm still worried. You can you tell me your deepest secrets. You don't want people to know that you like the original Dune. You're like, hey, I kind of I kind of like the original Dune. So I, I like it now. I didn't like it then. Oh, I hated it when it came out. Uh, as we've talked about, but wait, I got a I got a better idea for you. Forget what? Forget remaking Xanadu and remaking Dune. Let's remake Xanadune. Ah, a planet where nobody dared to go. And there'll be roller skating snakes and worms and and. Oh, that's great! Oh, thank you. That'll just haunt my dreams. <laughs> you know what else will haunt my dreams? The, the Seggies. Ah, it's time for I Want My Mystery TV theme song. You know the drill here. We'll play a snippet of a theme song from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for a postal-friendly bottle opener. I think that's oh, the yeah. first time I've ever been able to do the Seggy intro in one take. And now I've well, ruined it by talking about it. Well, we just need to move that up in the Seggy stack so that it comes earlier and your confidence yeah. is a shot. <laughs> yeah. Well, my confidence. <laughs> Don't even get me started Thanks, on Thanks, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, pay attention. Here was the clip from last time. That, of course, is... We're not going to tell you because nobody got it right. Come on, guys. That, oh, come on, guys. It's so simple. Maybe you need a refresher course. Hey. Is it because you didn't like the show that it was in? 
Oh, maybe no one listened that far. It's, I will tell you this. It was a very, very short-lived series, <laughs> and neither Brad nor I watched it. <laughs> well, so, that's true every week, Steve. <laughs> yeah, that narrows it down to about 500 possible options. We're out... Just to be fair and just, you know, give you all the benefit of the doubt, I'll play a slightly longer clip. Here you go. If you know it, email us at blah, 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 because you're not going to get it right because it's really obscure. I'll give them the email address, Brad. It's podcast at sit80s.com. Ah, it's the tone for reader mailbag. The tone for reader mailbag? (laughs) I like that. It's not really a tone. Well, it's a series of tones and overtones and undercurrents and sarcasm. (laughs) This is where like our best intentions always go off the rails when Steve starts turning introspective about... How he introduces this the uh, Seggies and then starts talking about himself in the third person. That's when it's like, okay, just turn the show off. Spirity likes you. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's wrong. It's Sunday as we record this, and it's just been raining for nonstop for three days because there's a tropical storm off the coast. And Ooh, send some our way. I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm getting a little, you know, cabin fever, a little damp. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, don't talk about moisture and stuff like that. It's just distasteful. <laughs> anyway, we get a letter from Janet Knott, who wrote us back about the Xanadu podcast, where we talked about how uh, large record albums were Sonny's job in the uh, movie, much to our all dismay. So go ahead, Brad. Okay. Janet writes, Steve, Brad, and Jen, I don't know if painting large record album reproductions was a real job back in the day, but I'm guessing Yes. Because in the early 80s, I worked for a Sears catalog store. Okay, put a pin in that. I want to come back to that. And the manager wanted a sign to hang up in the store by the register. I had a friend who was studying art in college, and I arranged for him to be hired to paint a big version of Cheryl Teague's likeness from the cover of the current catalog. It hung in the store for several years, and my friend went on to become a graphic designer. Wow. Still stuck in the 80s, not working at Sears anymore. Janet JFK Knott in Monroe, Louisiana. Wow. Okay. Huh. Cool. Sears catalog store. Wow. Did you have a Did you have a Sears catalog store, or did you like live near a Sears so you didn't need that? We lived like, near a Sears, but there was still crap. a desk. There was like a, a right when you walked in the store, there was like a separate little area, which was the catalog area. So like yeah. if you had ordered something, you that's where you'd pick it up at. Yep. Yep. Yeah. See, in in Weatherford, Oklahoma. We had a catalog store. It was actually either right next to or two doors down from the Vesta Theater where I worked. But yeah, same thing. You go in, you pick up your order that you probably mailed in. You might have phoned it in. I don't know. Did you remember the smell of a Sears store? Did you recall the Sears stores having a specific smell? Because it seemed like mine did. Uh, I knew, you knew when you were in a Sears. I don't recall it. I certainly bought a lot of stuff from the Sears catalog store. Like I bought my first Atari 2600 there. I got most of my game cartridges through them. I had the Sears generic Atari. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's relabeled as the, you know, video yeah. gamer or whatever the heck they called it. <laughs> yeah. I just remember there was a smell. I, I think it was the smell of tires because our Sears store had a tire store inside oh, of it. I love the smell of things, tires. Those things can really crank out a, a scent. They do. So my, my grandfather so, owned a tire store. So the smell of tires reminds me of my grandfather. Oh, that's I don't know. 
or, or happy. I don't know. <laughs> it's a good thing. Oh, anyway, um, that's that's cool. Uh, you know, well now now we know, and I'm glad that person went on to to do something with their uh, hobby and become a graphic yeah, designer. Other than just <laughs> paint pictures of Cheryl Teagues. Oh, I specialize in Cheryl Teagues. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, look, we had two letters this week. I forgot about this one. Uh, Tim Kelly wrote us as well. Go ahead and read that one, Brad. Okay. Tim writes, Hey, guys, in honor of your ongoing celebration of the 15th anniversary of the podcast, I put together this list of all the songs that peaked at number 15 on the Billboard Hot 100 in the 1980s. There was a total of 48 songs that decade to peak at that position, ranging from a low of two songs each in 1983 and 1988 to a high of eight songs in 1984. Tina Turner has the most with three songs that peak there. And the list also includes Rico Kasich's biggest solo hit. The list is attached. I hope you enjoy it. Wow. Tim from Nashville. Cool. Hey, yeah, it's um, a fun we'll list. We'll post this. We'll post this as a blog item. Yeah. And uh, you, you can read it there. I but put together kind of a Spotify playlist. Um, pretty much everything I was on Spotify except for Peter Wolf's Come As You Are. Oh really? Oh, you know Peter Wolfos, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But I don't remember. I, I'm sure if I heard it, I, I would remember it. So, so look, look on the uh, the blog, and we'll have uh, we'll have the list, and we'll have Brad's nearly complete playlist. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun list. There's a lot of stuff from all over the place on here. There's like there's a a fix song, "Are We Ourselves." There's Joe Jackson. There's a couple Alan Parsons songs. It's it's fun. It's it's all uh, over the place. The aforementioned uh, Billy Squire's Rock Me Tonight is there. I see exactly. that. Exactly. Brand New Lover by Dead or Alive. There's some good I stuff. I was surprised that was on the list. I was like, oh, I thought that would have been higher. Yeah, me too. Um, the Curly anyway. Shuffle. Mm. <laughs> Novelty songs. Anyway, uh, we love your letters. Just send them to podcast at sit80s.com. We'll be right back after this commercial break. <laughs> I want to be normal again. Goldie Hawn is Private Benjamin. Rated R. Now playing Check Newspaper for local listing. Hey, we're back. We have a few minutes left. Hey, I wanted to mention, we were talking about remakes earlier. You know, we specifically didn't talk about sequels. These these were just movies that we wanted straight remakes of. And if you're wondering, you know, if we hate on everything that's a remake, (laughs) I have to remind you, we don't. We this year we gave the Valley Girl remake a, a pretty, you know, oh, it good, was delightful. Eh, thumbs up, it's delightful. Yeah. And when Footloose was remade about I don't know ten years ago, I thought that was a good remake. Um, some remakes we did not like so much that when they redid Fame, I think that was about ten or twelve years ago. Point Break, which was not technically an eighties movie, but it just feels like one because it had Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves. Um, yeah. I didn't even bother to watch that one. That just looked awful. And then I know this is one of Brad's favorites, uh, Overboard. They, were, they did the, a the gender new reversal. One, I, I gave the new one a shot. It just doesn't have the it doesn't have the charm of the original. Yeah. But uh, if you have movies that you think deserve to be remade, please let us know. Send us an email. Before we wrap it up today, uh, we should thank our new Patreons this week. Uh, once again, we appreciate each and every one of you. It is... Uh, helping us keep the podcast going, and that is a good thing. Our new patrons this week are 
old friend Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, and Double K33. Double K, if you would like us to thank you under a different name, let me know. (laughs) That's great. I know we have a patron-only happy hour scheduled. That's one of the benefits of of being a a patron. And also, you're just kind of helping us out as we try to manage the costs of this, uh, this beast. Anyway, that's all we have for this week. Again, send us your ideas for remakes that you would be willing to endorse for the 80s. But in the meantime, Brad and I remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Greetings, Starfighter. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Zor and the Kodan Armada. Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuckinthe80spodcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And thanks for listening.